this is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 24. On today's episode, we are going to be talking to best-selling author and motivational speaker Hal Elrod about how to change your life just by changing the first hour of your day. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is made possible by the world's very best tool for managing your time and getting your life in order, the Living Well Planner. Created by yours truly, the Living Well Planner is designed to help you organize your time, manage your budget, plan your meals and your to-do list, and crush your goals all in one place. It literally is the thing that keeps me sane and helps me do it scared, and it can absolutely do the same for you. Go to livingwellplanner.com slash do it scared to take advantage of our special offer just for podcast listeners. Once again, that's livingwellplanner.com slash do it scared. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I am the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of five, soon to be six books. In today's episode, we are going to be talking to Hal Elrod, who is the author of one of my very favorite books of all time, The Miracle Morning. It is a book that I have read multiple times now and a book that fundamentally changed the way that I approach the first few minutes of my day. Hal has seriously such an incredible story. You are not even going to believe it. And he has so much wisdom to share about daring to fight through adversity, not dwelling on the things that you can't change, and taking full responsibility for wherever you want to go in life. And ultimately, that is exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about taking the steps that will help us get unstuck so that we can create a life we love. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean that we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared, but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead. Okay, so a couple quick things before we dive into today's episode. First, you can download our Do It Scared Manifesto to remind yourself to start living your own life of courage right now. You can get it by texting Do It Scared to 44222, or you can get all the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 24. Once again, either text Do It Scared, all one word, to 44222, or get the show notes and the Do It Scared manifesto at doitscared.com slash episode 24. Also, if you haven't already, please, please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. And while you are there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And now, without further ado, I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce you to author, speaker, podcaster, and now hopefully my friend, Hal Elrod. Hal, oh my goodness. I cannot even tell you how excited I am to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
It's a pleasure, Ruth. And I, I've been working in my cave all day. So I actually am really looking forward to talking to you just to another human being. It's great. <laughs> it's always good to have some human connection. I know I've been writing all day too. So I've yeah, been me too. A, little, a little in the zone. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear what you're writing like, about. <laughs> uh, yeah. What were you saying? Sorry. I said, I can't wait to hear what you're writing about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can tell you then yeah. it's the, it's a, a new book called The Miracle Equation. Um, yeah, it's a book I've wanted to write for a long time. I created this thing called The Miracle Equation long before I created The Miracle Morning. Really? Um, yeah, I was 20 or 21 when I, and I was in sales and I created this thing called The Miracle Equation where I was trying to break this sales record that felt like a miracle because it was, it had never been done before. And yeah. I, I reverse engineered it and, and it, you know, anyway, so it led me into this thing called the miracle equation. And I was going to write a book about it, but I always thought, God, the only story I really have is that I sold a bunch of kitchen knives with the miracle equation. It's not very profound, yeah. but a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with a really rare, aggressive form of cancer. And I, oh, wow. the miracle equation is kind of designed to defy the odds. And I was given a 30% chance to survive no of surviving. Way. And, um, so I thought, like really quickly in my consciousness arose the miracle equation. I went, wait a minute, that's the formula that before throughout my life, I've been able to defy the odds. I, I thought I'm going to tr- use that. And that's the formula that I used and I'm now cancer free. And so I thought, okay, now this warrants a book. Like this is, wow. you know, this is, this is a bigger deal. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. We're going to have to talk about that. And yeah. I, cause I have to hear more about that yeah. because it's, so it's not a sales book. No, well, it's, it's, it's a book on, um, uh, creating extraordinary results, also known as miracles, right? Yeah. So whether you, you can definitely use the miracle equation in sales, that's where it originated. Um, Mm -hmm. but then I, I, in the book, I talked about how like the world's greatest athletes that defy the odds and, you know, win that, you know, come back to win a game that it seems like there's no way they could win. And it's all usually like one person, the Michael Jordan or the, you know, LeBron James who, who, who lives by this thing called the miracle equation and yeah. it, it with, you know, with one second left, they yes. win the game. Right. And, and it's like, so, so it's whether it's, you know, making millions of dollars or beating deadly cancers or, you know, achieving athletic success. Like it's, this is this universal formula that I've kind of identified that the world's greatest achievers have used in all walks of life. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's back up first yeah, back up. and just, just talk about, because <laughs> you're way ahead. You're jumping way ahead. No, it's okay though. Like I'm so fascinated by this. Um, but for those of our listeners that don't know what your story is, because you have a pretty amazing story. And I'm, I'm sorry if I geek out with you because I'm such a fan Aww. of the Miracle Morning. I'm such a fangirl awesome. and I might get a little awkward and I apologize for that. <laughs> but um, the more awkward I, you get, the better it makes me feel. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Because seriously, like your book just absolutely changed my life. It's one of the few books. I'm a huge reader, but it's one of the few books that I try to read like once a year at least. Oh, so awesome. It's really, really good. So this, I'm sure your next one will be one that I'm reading like once a month. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. But like, can we just back up and um, hear kind of how you got to where you are now? And um, so where you started, what makes what makes you tick and uh, how you came up with this whole miracle yeah. stuff? I'll try to keep it down to the three-hour version. I know it's a limited <laughs> time. Um, so uh, yeah, where to start? So I guess, uh, well, first of all, my whole childhood, I was very mediocre. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. I wrote, I'm writing about that this morning. I'm like telling my story <laughs> in the book. So, uh, I, you know, I, I was a C student. I, um, I was not very popular. I was not 
into athletics other than like shooting hoops on the weekend sometimes by myself, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And the only record that I held was, and literally I held the record for the most hours of detention that any student at our school ever got in one year. <laughs> and I had to negotiate. Hey, to that's to, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Not exactly anything mom and dad were proud of. But, um, so, uh, so, so my whole life I was really average. And when I was 19, I got hired to sell Cutco cutlery, very high quality kitchen knives sold in home for, you know, during in-home presentations and like door to door, not door to door. The only difference is instead of knocking on doors, you would uh, do a presentation. You started out with people that you knew. And then Uh you were trained on how to ask for referrals. And then you got referrals to people that you didn't know. And then you asked them for referrals and it just, and it just continued for, you know, I did it for six years that way. Wow. Um, But pretty close to door to door, right? You're still seeing people that don't know you. It's just that Mm -hmm. you, you get in easier because they're like, well, if if Mary vouched for you and said, (laughs) I should see you, I guess I will let you come over. Right. Right. So it was a little easier to get in than knocking on the door. Um, But uh, uh, so in, in that company, I broke a lot of records. So I went from being mediocre and average kind of my whole life and never really knowing how to be disciplined. I was really lazy growing up to something inside me. I, I really met a, a, the, the guy that hired me was a great leader and he really saw more in me than I saw in myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, he believed in me and, and he, you know, I, I kind of, I learned you have to borrow the belief that others have in you mm, until your belief so catches up, right? Yes. And so in my first 10 days, I broke the company record where I sold more kitchen knives in my first 10 days than uh, anyone in the 50 year history of, of the company, no uh, at least way. From, from my, re- in the Western half of the United States. I think there was a guy back East that had done more, but it was for the most part, it was, it was the all time record uh, or wow. almost the all time record. And um, the, what that led to was a new identity of like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not this screw up kid that, you know, like I could actually, you know, do what I put my mind to. And a year and a half into my Cutco career, um, I was driving home after I gave a speech at a conference and my, I had bought a brand new Ford Mustang with my Cutco money. It was kind of like a very proud accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, look at, I've made it. I've, I got this far. I bought this with my own money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that night I was hit, my car was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour. (sighs) My car spun off the drunk driver and the car behind me crashed into my driver's side door at approximately 70 miles an hour Oh my gosh. and crushed the left side of my car into the left side of my body. And I broke 11 bones in an instant. I broke my leg Ugh. in two pieces. I broke my arm. I broke my elbow, shattered my elbow, severed the nerve in my forearm, uh, broke my eye socket. My ear was almost completely severed, oh punctured my, my lung, ruptured my spleen, um, suffered permanent brain damage. And I, I, I died at the scene of the accident. No way. I actually bled to death where, um, it took them an hour to cut me out of the car and (sighs) with the jaws of life. And when they finally cut me out of the car, I had lost so much blood that I, my heart stopped beating and I was dead for approximately six minutes, uh, in a coma for six. I was, I was revived on the helicopter on the way to the hospital in a coma for six days. Uh, I had all these surgeries and, uh, I flatlined twice more in the coma. So I, (sighs) Clinically, I died three times. And when I came out of the coma, it was to face this unimaginable reality that I had all these broken bones. The doctors said I would probably never walk again. I had permanent brain damage or I have permanent brain damage. My vouch, my wife will vouch for that. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so that was, you know, it, it, like, I mean, you know, you wake up to that and you're like, well, what, uh, you know, come mm-hmm. again. I, I can't believe this. And I, I made a decision, something I learned in my Cutco sales training, which is it's called the five minute rule. It says if you can't mm-hmm. change something, there's no point in dwelling on it and wishing it were different. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Give yourself five minutes to bitch, moan, complain, cry, vent, punch a wall, whatever. And then after five minutes, you accept it, you make peace with it, and you move forward. And Mm. although this was, you know, that was much milder adversity in my Cutco world than being hit by a drunk driver and being told you're never going to walk again, the principle was the same. I realized I can't change that I was in a car accident. If I never walk again and I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I decided I will be the happiest, most grateful person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because that's my choice. Wow. I can't choose the wheelchair or, you know, I don't know if that's wow. my choice, but I get to choose my mindset and my attitude and my emotional well-being. That's incredible. Thank you. Um, thank you. I, uh, I, I, the doctors didn't believe it. They thought I was in denial. They thought I was delusional because I was so happy and positive. And really but two weeks later, two weeks after I came out of the coma, three weeks after the crash, the doctors came in back into my room with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, Hal, but your body is healing so quickly. We're going to let you take your first step tomorrow. Now, even as an optimist, I was thinking like six to 12 months. I didn't think in two, three weeks. And, um, but, and I don't have a graph to show anyone that says you can see as my mindset was positive and I visualized walking again, you can see my body healed in parallel. Like I don't have Mm -hmm. that graph, but I have a picture of me taking my first step three weeks after the crash. Wow. And I believe so much in the mind body connection that, you know, we create our reality. We manifest our reality. There's a book called the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton that -hmm. talks about the science behind the mind body connection and how Mm -hmm. our mindset literally, you know, our beliefs literally affect our biology. There's a lot of science that proves that. And I really, mm-hmm. I believe without having a graph to show people that, um, that my mindset and my two parts to this, number one was the acceptance of all that I couldn't change. What I learned is that every negative emotion that we've ever experienced is self-created by our resistance to our reality. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, think about that. If you're upset over something, it's because you're resisting it. I, you wish or want that it didn't happen. It's mm-hmm. not fair. You don't deserve it. It doesn't meet your expectation. It's not what you wanted. And to the degree that we resist reality, our, our unchangeable reality, not mm-hmm. that we can't change it moving forward, but you can't change anything that is as it is in this moment now or mm-hmm. as it was previously. We, you can't change it. If it's, if it's already happened or it's in the midst of happening, you cannot change it. And, and, and our, our resistance creates that emotional pain. And so mm-hmm. the two parts, the mindset that we've all got to adopt is accepting all the things that we can't change and then focusing all of our energy on what we want moving forward. So I accepted, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm in a wheelchair the rest of my life, I'll be at peace with it. doesn't mean I'm happy that it, it's not my n- number one choice, right. but I'm going to accept what I can't change, anything that's out of my control, past, present, and in this case, future. Even if it happens in the future, right. I understand that if I can't change it, there's no value in wishing I could. There's just pain. Mm-hmm. So that was the first part. And the second part was focusing on what I wanted, visualizing, walking again, praying about it, thinking about it, talking about it, dwelling on it, imagining it, feeling it in my body. And I believe that that, though, that is the key, that if we can master our mindset around accepting all the things we can't change and then actively focusing on and pursuing and creating all that we want in our lives, mm-hmm. we have emotional peace from the acceptance. And then we actually consistently create a better and better and better future, which creates a better present by, by constantly focusing on and taking action for what we want. And so I took my first step and you know, the rest is history, as they say. 
Um, let me, I'll pause any thoughts, questions or anything, follow up. And then I'll transition into kind of how <laughs> yes, the miracle morning I do came have to some be. questions. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my question for you is at this point, you were 18, 19, 20 years 20, old, 20, 20, 20 years old. So, which is a pretty young age to be like, so self-aware. And you, do you feel like all of that came from your Cutco training? Was it, I mean, what was the, sh- what was the shift that happened for you that s- went, took you from kind of like average, average schmo, Joe schmo loser guy who hadn't done anything to all yeah. of a sudden, boom, yeah. like when you got that job, did you set out to be the top salesperson? How did, how did that happen? And what made that shift for you? Yes. Great question. Um, so it was the second day of my, so when you go, when you get hired by Cutco, you go mm-hmm. through a three day extensive training. Have you been to the training? No. Okay. The look on your face. I thought maybe <laughs> you're like, I know. Okay. That's what I thought. I have not. I have okay. not sold Cutco knives, but now sort of, I want to. Yeah. No, it was amazing how many people I know that sold Cutco and that did well. And that, you know, they like, it really is this great training ground, if you will. But mm-hmm. so speaking of training, there's a three day training seminar. It's very extensive. It's like, I don't know, 10 hours a day or eight hours, 12 hours a day. It's really long, three days in a row. On day two of training, we learned about something called the fast start. It's a contest where in the first 10 days selling Cutco, each level that you hit, you win various prizes. And it's designed Mm -hmm. to incentivize you to work really hard in your first 10 days, which gives you some great work ethic and some habits and a great mindset and confidence that you could keep going. So that's why Mm -hmm. they really know how you start is, you know, if you start off slow and lazy and you don't do much, you're setting yourself up for a tough career, right? Right. And so on the second day of training, we learned about the fast start contest. And and, and what you learn about at the, the the highest level is the record, right? So it's like, if you sell a thousand dollars, you win a Cutco veggie peel, or if you sell, you know, if you sell 2000 <laughs> and it's funny, you're so excited about, they do such a great job with product conviction that mm. as a 20 year old kid or 19 year old kid, that's never cooked <laughs> in his life. You're actually like, dude, I want to win the veggie peeler. I want to win the super shears. I want to win like, it's like, what? In no other context would you be fired up to win kitchen products? You don't cook. And so when we heard about the record, this 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 young woman, like t- my age, like 20, 21, 22 at that time, uh, she had just broken the record for our division, I believe, or our region, uh, like weeks prior. She had sold $12,000 uh-huh. in her first 10 days. Wow. And I don't know what the, it, I don't exactly know what it is. I think part of it is my manager. He was very inspirational. He was the number one manager in the company, right? So mm-hmm. I had great leadership. And there's mm-hmm. if there's a great embedded lesson there, it's you know you, who you surround yourself with it's affects every yep. all of your thinking, your actions, your habits, everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had this great leader that was a great a great trainer and really getting us fired up, getting us excited. And then so something inside me went what if I were to break the record? And if you broke the record, by the way, you got a limo ride, like to go out to dinner with you and a guest. You got to go skydiving. You got like all this really cool (laughs) stuff, way cooler. Plus you got all the Cutco prizes underneath. And so I went, what if like, I don't, I just started considering, right? And there's step one for anybody, right? Consider Mm -hmm. what you like, something different than you currently have. Consider something better. Every person that transformed their life started by imagining their life and themselves as better than they've ever been before. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us suffer from what I call rear view mirror syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is we look in our our subconscious rear view mirror and who we've been is who we define ourselves as and who we Mm -hmm. think we're going to be forever. Right. It's like this, this life sentence that confines us. And so for me, I just like, what if I did that? What if I went and broke the record? 
And I thought, you know what? I'm going to stay after training and I'm going to, I'm going to ask Jesse, I'm going to talk to him about, I'm going to maybe go for this. Right. This was your manager, my manager. I was kind of nervous. I was kind of, you know, but I'm like, I'm going to go for it. And I went to Jesse and I told him, Jesse, I'm thinking about breaking the, the, the fast start record that that girl just set, you know, I can maybe do more than $12,000. What do you think? And I thought he was going to be like over the moon, high-fiving me. And I think I wanted to impress him. That's probably part of it, right? If I'm really dissecting yeah. the psychology yeah. of what led into all of this. And he goes, he was not impressed or excited. He goes, okay. Um, Hallie goes, I just, I'm going to be totally honest with you. He goes, I hear that from somebody every week in training. And he said, and guess how many people I've trained hundreds of sales reps. Guess how many people have done that? And he, you know, big fat zero, right? And he goes, yeah. nobody. He said, it's, it's one thing to say it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's, you know, he said, but it would require you to probably work harder than you've ever worked in your life. And right there, he scared me off. Cause I'm like, I don't, I'm not a hard worker. I don't, you know, I don't have <laughs> yeah. a work at what I'm like, okay. But I was embarrassed at that point to say anything mm-hmm. other than I'm, I'll do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So he said, if Hal, if you're willing to commit to work, for the next 10 days, like you've never worked before. I'm talking no partying, no. And it was in the middle of the summer. It was like June, you know, yeah. I, was, I was 19. It was June, right? It was after my first year of college. I was looking to hang out at the lake. And he goes, if you're willing to dedicate 10 days of your life to be focused and work on this one thing for 10 days, I can, I can lead you. I can guide you. I, I believe you can do it, but you've got to be committed. And again, I think I was just at that point, I don't think I really wanted to say yes because I was, I was like, oh, I don't know about working hard. I don't, you know, <laughs> but, but I was excited. I was, you know, I didn't want to disappoint. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And so it, at that point he said, all right, let's, you know, tonight, everybody has an assignment of setting up six appointments. I need you to set up 20. I was like, okay. And, uh, and so all, you know, I had, there was like 25 other people in my training class and they had to set up six appointments. I had to set up 20. Right. Mm. And that night I think I set up 17. I think mm. I got to 17. And, uh, and then anyway, long story short, my first day out, I went Oh, for three. I am. And, and we were, we were trained to schedule our first day with the people that were most likely to buy. So we got oh, off to a good start. So I right. saw my grandparents who I thought for sure would buy. Yeah, they bought nothing. I saw their neighbor who were like my other grandparents. They bought nothing, right? (laughs) Oh, no. And then I forgot who the third one was with. It was like a family friend, but they bought nothing. Oh, man. And so, you know, I leave the office like, I'm going to break the record. And then I just go, my confidence goes down, down, down. And I call Jesse. I'm like, and I'm embarrassed. And I go, Jesse, hey, I think I was was speaking, you know, out of line here. I, I, I guess I'm not going to break the record. I, I went over three, man. I, I don't know yeah. what to say. And he said, Hal, I, 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 I can imagine how you're feeling right now. He said, you can do what most people would do and give up on your goal to break the record. And I'm like nodding my head. Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What, what's behind door number two, Jesse. Right. <laughs> and he says, or he goes, I don't think you are like most people. And I don't think you want to be like most people. I think you, you want to break a record. If you want to do what a champion would do, you don't give up on your goal because the first day doesn't go as planned. You work even harder. You make even more calls tonight than you were mm-hmm. planning. You wake up early tomorrow morning mm-hmm. and you make tomorrow the day. And he so goes, the true. averages, the law of averages will work out. You know, if you have 0 for 3, your your sale is around the corner. You just had, you know, you might have had, you could have had a great first day and then gone 0 for 3 on the second day. You just happened to go for 3 on your first day and your second day might be awesome, right? 
Yes. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll do it. And the next day I went like seven for seven for $2,768 in my right? And at the end of the 10 days, now I I didn't break the record until the last day, but I sold $15,000 and I broke that girl's $12,000 record. Amazing. yeah. So if now, if I were to, let, let me just sum this up with the two attributes that I believe made all the difference. Yes. Number one was enthusiasm and number two was work ethic. And by the way, these are two attributes that are universally available to all of us. They come yes. from inside. They come from within, right? It's mm-hmm. not about having, I didn't have, like, I grew up in a small town of 30,000 people. I didn't have rich. It wasn't like Beverly Hills. Like I was seeing, <laughs> I was seeing people in like trailers, no offense if you live in a trailer, but you know, like I wasn't see. I wasn't like, if you had followed me around, you'd be like, dude, this guy's working. Yeah. You know, I just worked, I did, I did 62 90 minute sales presentation. So if you do the math, man, I did 90 hours of presentations in those 10 days, nine hours a day. That doesn't include the 30 minutes of drive time between each appointment. That's amazing. So I was doing like, I was working 12 to 14 hour days for 10 days in a row. So we all have work ethic, that ridiculous work ethic available. And by the way, that's not, I I don't recommend that, that you, that you, you know, that your whole life is you work. Yeah. yeah. But (laughs) dude, for 10 days Mm -hmm. to change who you are forever. Cause that's what happened mm-hmm. after those 10 days. I went, wait a minute. I didn't know I had the ability to focus and work like that. I didn't know I had, I didn't know that I had that in me. I didn't know I could achieve something in- that no one's ever done in 50 years. The company's been around for 50 years at that point. I, Amazing. you know, it's right. So, so my identity was changed and then it could never go back. Now I was addicted to being like, well, wait, I'm, I'm a champion. I'm right. Like I had a new identity. I'm not this screw up class clown kid. I am a, a capable of much more than I realized. And then enthusiasm, you know, that was it. I, I wasn't a salesperson, like not in terms of, I didn't know like dropping down techniques and closing techniques. And yeah. like, I had never read a single book on selling. I just got really excited and I was honest. Mm -hmm. I was authentic. I didn't try to BS anybody. Right. So it was this genuine, authentic enthusiasm for the product I was selling. Mm -hmm. And as you get kind of from, you can sense this probably the way that I talk now, right. (laughs) I was so excited and talking so fast that Mm -hmm. I think my customers didn't hear half of what I said, (laughs) but enthusiasm is contagious. And they're like, Okay, Damn, kid, you're okay. All like, what? A, okay, <laughs> give me that set. Let's do it. This sounds fun, right? So I really believe we all have that. Those two attributes available mm-hmm. to us: enthusiasm and work ethic. And if you bring those to the work that you do at a level higher than you ever have before, mm-hmm. you start to see results at a level higher than you've ever seen before. So true. So true. And I love. Okay, so I love this story. I loved it when you told it the first time, and then when you went back and like gave the backstory behind it. I loved it even more because I think sometimes, and you know, you're a writer, I'm a writer. We're good at like crafting our narratives and having these, these stories that are very inspiring for people. And they're true. That's not, there's, it's all authentic, but sometimes we forget that people also need to hear the, that it's not when you just tell a story in two minutes or whatever, and it's very inspiring, you forget how hard it was in the midst of it. And so other people hear those stories and go, yeah, it's a really inspiring story, but you know, that was them. Like, clearly he's amazing. He's, you know, he's, he's so, he's got all this, his stuff together. He's, he went out there and I could never do that. But when you hear you talk about how hard it was and how your first day was a complete failure, I mean, most people, you're right. Most people would have 
totally given up at that point. They would have said, I can't do this. I don't have it. And you didn't. And you kept going and just drew from the resources that you had, which were literally your enthusiasm and your willingness to just keep going and not quit. Those were the only two things. And those are absolutely available to every single person. So I, it's, it's, it's a great story. You should make awesome. sure that you Thank tell you. all of it. Make sure I tell all of it. All right. I, I haven't, I don't, uh, as the older I get, the more stories I have to tell, right? I, like, I, you know, when I used to tell that story and it was like the only one I had, I'm sure I, it was like this long drawn out, right? Yeah. And now I'm like, right. I, I know got, more stories. I get it. I, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm telling the same stories over and over again too, exactly. which my husband would tell me that I am. So. <laughs> funny. Uh, okay. So, all right. So now you onto the miracle morning. Yes. Kind of? Onto the miracle morning. How did so, all, how did all um, that come about? My first rock bottom I just mentioned was, uh, I, I, I shared it's my car accident, right? Hit by a mm-hmm. drunk driver told I would never walk again. That was the first rock bottom. My second rock bottom surprisingly was more difficult than the first. And mm-hmm. usually I get funny looks when I say that because people are like, well, dude, you died. Like what? What's, What's lower than that? than that, right? Yeah. Um, and it was the 2008 economic crash. When the 2008 economy mm-hmm. crashed, I crashed with it. I had just finished selling Cutco. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, uh, I had, yeah, I'd moved on from Cutco and I had launched a coaching business. So I was coaching primarily salespeople, a lot of Cutco reps and mm-hmm. real estate agents and business owners. And I was 25 or 26. I think I had written my first book, which is called taking life head on. And it's mm-hmm. a, a spin on the, you know, a pun, if you want the, the head on collision with the drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started my speaking career and when the economy crashed, uh, I, nobody, you know, companies for the most part were not booking speakers, especially new speakers, right? Mm -hmm. My book wasn't selling and I lost over half of my coaching clients, which were, was my primary source of income. Mm -hmm. So I lost over half of my income. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I lost my house. I canceled my gym membership. Uh, I, 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 I tripled my body fat percentage in a six month period. I got (laughs) in a deep depression because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm losing my house. Like life's just kind of falling apart Mm -hmm. and it wasn't getting better. It was getting progressively worse, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I think I've heard psychologists say that, you know, depression is caused when you lose sight of a compelling future, future, Mm -hmm. right? When you lose hope Mm -hmm. for a compelling future, you're like, what's the point? And I think, and I think that's what was happening to me. I got depressed because I'm like, things are, no matter what I'm trying, it, I'm, I'm, my income is going down. I'm losing my house. I I'm in worse shape. Like things just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse as time goes on. And, um, a series of events led me to go on a run and -hmm. on that run, I go on a run and listen to a Jim Rohn audio. And -hmm. if you're young and you don't know Jim Rohn is right, he's like the Mm -hmm. godfather of, of, you know, personal development, right? Self-help. And he actually said, so I heard this quote on the run. And, and by the way, this is worth writing down because this quote, I, I, this is the catalyst for changing my life faster than I ever thought possible. I credit this quote to the miracle morning. It was born from this quote. Mm. And Jim Rohn said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And then he goes on to say, because success is something you attract by the person you become. And I, mm-hmm. I hit rewind and I played it again. I'll say it again for you. Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. And mm-hmm. in that moment, it was like a tidal wave, wave of reality came crashing down. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait a minute, this is my problem. And I think this, by the way, Ruth, this I believe is the disconnect for like 99% of society mm-hmm. where we all want a level 10 life, mm-hmm. but 
We all want level 10 success, but if we're not dedicating ourselves every day to becoming a level 10 person, mm -hmm. level 10 success will always elude us. It will always be a struggle. And yes. that's what I realized is I'm not dedicating time every day in my personal development. Therefore, I'm not becoming the person that I need so to be true. that can attract or create the success that I want. So I'm true. staying the same, if not getting worse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that life doesn't get better, but mm. life doesn't get better until you get better. Right. So there's mm -hmm. something cliche kind of, you know, padding around this whole concept, <laughs> but the idea. And so in that moment I ran home and I went, okay, I've got to dedicate time every day to my personal development. So I've got to dedicate like a daily ritual of personal development. And I thought I'm going to go online and I'm going to go Google. What do the best personal development rituals of the world's most successful people. And I'm going to combine them into like one ultimate ritual. That was my, my theory. <laughs> I love that. And so that, that's an I, overachiever uh, for you. <laughs> you what? That's an overachiever for you. I, I, I guess so. Put right? it, it was, it, right? it was, it was, it was, yeah, I was, I was desperate. I was like, I've got to do this. So I Googled best personal development practices. And I just kept going for, it was like probably, I don't know, an hour. I was going through looking, looking, looking. One thing I kept coming across was morning routines and morning rituals. I skipped every single one of those articles because uh, I did not believe I was a morning person. Uh, so, but I, I, I dove in. So I, I had a list of six practices written down after I had looked online mm -hmm. and none of them were new. These are timeless age old practices. Mm -hmm. However, they are what the world's most successful people for centuries have attributed their success to usually one of these practices. The, the six practices are, well, I'll, I'll fast forward. They're now organized into an acronym. So this mm -hmm. makes it memorable. The SAVERS, the acronym is S-A-V-E-R-S. -E mm -hmm. S for silence, so that's meditation. A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and the final S is for scribing, which is a pretentious word for writing. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so, so, those six practices, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, which one of these should I do? Should I meditate every day? Should I should I do reading in the morning? Should I journal? Um, which is the best, most effective practice? Mm -hmm. And 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 the problem was none of them are better than the other. It depends on which person you ask, and arguably any one of them couldn't be the total game changer in your life. And so mm -hmm. the epiphany happened when I went from being frustrated, going, I don't know which one I should do, mm -hmm. to wait a minute. What if I did all of these? Mm. What if I woke up tomorrow and I did the six most timeless, proven personal development practices that have been sworn by by the world's most successful people in all walks of life mm -hmm. since before I was born? What if I did all six of these? What if? What if? And mm -hmm. I woke up the next, and then I and then I went back to the morning routine articles. I'm like, all right, I got to read these, mm -hmm. and they convinced me that a morning ritual was not just one of many options. It was the linchpin to a successful life mm. because how you start your day sets the tone and the direction and the mm -hmm. context for how, what day, how your day goes. If you put yourself in a peak physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual uh, state in the morning, you're that guy or that girl all day long. <laughs> but if you hit the snooze button and you start your day with procrastination and you wait until the last minute to wake up mm -hmm. and you dedicate no time in the morning to your personal development, just rushing around chaotically trying to get out the door, that's who you are for the day, mm -hmm. right? Who do you want to so be true. for your day? And, so and your days compound into weeks, into months, into years, into either a mediocre life, no offense, or maybe an offense <laughs> to be taken, I don't know, or an extraordinary life, right? Yep. And it all stems from the morning. Now, can you achieve success without a morning ritual? Yes. But 
you're you're making it more difficult for yourself. And there's a reason. Yeah. Robin Sharma said this. You know, we just finished the documentary, The Miracle Morning. We have a, a movie about it. Mm. And Robin Sharma, who's you know sold tens of millions of books, he said if you study, I, I can't think of the exact words, but it's something like if you study world class performers in any field, any industry, they all have one thing in common. They were early risers, mm. and it's so true. And so. Mm-hmm. I'll wrap this up in a bow, which is I started doing this every day. Mm -hmm. I thought in six months to a year, the compound effect of this morning ritual, I should become the person that can easily succeed at a higher level than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. Now, I was thinking six to 12 months. I never imagined how fast it happened. It was less than two months, Ruth, Mm. that I more than doubled my income. Wow. I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically to committing to run a 52-mile ultra marathon, which the Miracle Morning enabled me. I I did that. And then, and I was not a runner, by the way, which is why I decided to take that on as a challenge. Mm. And my depression went away the first day. And because my life changed so quickly in just a matter of months, I, I said, I told my wife or I think fiance at the time, I said, this feels like a miracle and it's all because mm. of this morning ritual. Mm. I, I, this is, it's my, I'm going to call it my miracle morning. Mm-hmm. So I started putting my schedule as a miracle, my miracle morning, but I didn't, sh- it wasn't a book idea. It wasn't a book title. Mm. And, um, I started teaching it to my coaching clients, which mm. I had, you know, lost half of and then mm-hmm. doubled within those two months. Wow. And all of them started out objecting. I'm not a morning person, Hal, mm. but they said, you're my coach and you seem pretty convicted about this. I, I guess I have to give it a try for at least a week or two. Mm. And every single one of them reported back extraordinary results. Hal, I just had the best week in my sales career. Hal, I just started running again. Hal, I just I just read two self-help books in a week and I haven't read a, so two self-help books since I graduated mm. high school, right? Like, and, and the light bulb went off and I went, wait a minute. If the miracle morning changed my life, so quickly and I wasn't a morning person, if it's transforming the lives of all of my coaching clients and mm-hmm. none of them were morning people, this could change anyone's life. Mm-hmm. And three years later, the book published five years since then, it's been translated into 30 languages. It's We've amazing. sold 446,000 copies wow. in the United States. That's amazing. And I think over 300,000 copies worldwide. Wow. And the reason I share that is it's not bragging, look how many books I've sold. Yeah. It's I don't do any advertising. Mm. Every almost every book sold. I mean, some are sold if I do a podcast interview like this. Yeah. But the 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 critical mass is it's all word of mouth. It's all people read the book. It transforms their life radically, mm-hmm. and then they tell all their friends and family, or they buy it from them. Like you have to get this, and so, true. so that's how it's created this this worldwide movement. And I mean, yeah, you were you you said it right when we opened up the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for that, Ruth. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> you're so. welcome. And if you're listening and you have not gotten the book, get the book it's, and get it. Get the audio version and the Kindle version and the hardcover <laughs> version because you'll want all three versions. When I really like a book, I have to buy it in all three versions. <laughs> I do. I, I do usually too. I'll do either. Yeah, I'll do I'll do audio because I like to reinforce it mm-hmm. and listen to it. And then I'll do the other. Yeah. So yeah, I know my husband makes fun of me for that. He says I managed to find a way to make reading three times more expensive. <laughs> more expensive. Nice. I like it. But yeah. It's funny. So, okay. So now we're caught up to where you are now with the Miracle Morning. So let's talk. I know we don't have a ton of time left, so I want to make sure that we talk about this new project. Tell us all about that. The Miracle Equation. So the Miracle Equation, um, yeah, the book will be out, I think, June, 2019. That's the that's the, the the publishing, that's the timeline they're looking at. So it's my first traditionally published book, I should say. Ah, like every book exciting. I've done, I have 12 books available on Amazon, give or take. Yeah. Um, they were all self-published. And then I've, I've been like, you know what? I, 
I love self-publishing, but I'm like, I want to go down this rabbit hole and try traditional publishing and see if I like it. If it's I might not, and I'll maybe, maybe never do it again. Game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And so, um, so, uh, so I'm with Penguin, and and it, mm. this comes out, yeah, next year. So the Miracle Equation is it's very simple. It takes, well, I can explain it in 60 seconds here, and then you know, it it takes we can unpack it a little longer, but it's two very simple decisions that very few people ever make, at least not. Con- consistently, but the world's champions, the world's top performers, again, this is how they live. Mm -hmm. The two decisions are unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. Mm -hmm. If you think about this, and by the way, faith, you can use any synonym. Mm -hmm. You could call that belief, unwavering belief, unwavering confidence, unwavering conviction, right? Mm -hmm. So faith, uh, unwavering faith is the idea that you, you, there's two parts to it. First, you establish the faith that you can have, be, and do anything that you want in your life, right? That's the, it's, that's the starting mm-hmm. place, right? Is the imagining that I could actually be that. And you go back to how I broke the cut co fast art record. Yeah. Right. I, I had unwavering faith. And actually, I, I wouldn't say I had unwavering faith. My manager probably had more unwavering faith, but I was like drawing from that, right? Mm-hmm. But you maintain, you, you establish and then maintain unwavering faith that you can reach a goal. Most people don't do that. They don't have the faith that their life can be much better than it has been mm-hmm. or that they can do much more than they have done. Mm-hmm. However, um, that's required. If you're going to have a better life, you've got to start with the faith that you can. Mm-hmm. And then the other problem is if people, if people are willing to step out on faith and go, okay, you know what? I, I can do it. I believe I can have an amazing life. But if they start working towards that life or working towards a specific goal that's outside of their comfort zone, if things don't go as planned, mm-hmm. like with my Cutco goal, day one, 0 for 3, mm-hmm. most people, the faith goes out the window. That is human nature. So, yes. But the world's elite in terms of performance and accomplishment, they live with this mindset of unwavering faith where they go, I believe I can have doing anything that I set my mind to. Mm. And if they start working towards something you know, extraordinary and they're not on track, they don't let that their their faith waver. Mm-hmm. They go, okay, I'm not on track or I failed at this this step of the the, the journey, but that I, I'm not I'm not changing my belief that it's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm still committed. And they just keep going and keep until they get there and they keep maintaining that faith until they get there. So it's simple an explanation, but execution is where you've got to make Mm -hmm. a conscious decision that I will maintain unwavering faith until I get there. And here's how I do it. By the way, I call this the miracle mantra. Mm. So we need it it in writing. Don't ever think that you can have a thought in your head and that that's enough. You've got to have it in writing. Mm. And so my miracle mantra says, I am committed to blank no matter what, there is no other option. That's it. I like it. Fill in the, you're the blank is your goal. So yes. for me, I'm committed to breaking when it was a Cutco goal. I'm committed to breaking the fat Cutco fast art record. No matter what, there's no other option. No other and whenever option. I had a no sale or a bad day or a, a customer no show the appointment. And I felt that discouragement setting in that doubt, that self doubt. I overrode the doubt with the miracle mantra. I am committed to blank breaking the record, no matter what, there's no other option. So good. The s- second part of the equation is extraordinary effort. Most people put forth mediocre, uh, mediocre effort toward their goals. Mm-hmm. And a big reason for that is the faith component. See, the fa- it hinges on the faith. If you don't have faith that you could do something that you've never done, you're not going to put forth any effort to do that thing. You won't even start. You won't even try. Mm-hmm. However, if you have faith that you can and, you, and you're working towards it, but then you hit some stumbling blocks, some obstacles, and you lose that faith, 
the effort goes right out the window because mm. you think well, I'm not I, if I don't really believe I can get there. Why am I going to try? I'm not going to try. Right. So these go hand in hand. It's the effort faith feedback loop loop. When you have when you when you maintain unwavering faith and you continue to put forth extraordinary effort, then you stumble, you fall, you, you take a step back, but you keep the faith. It keeps pushing forth the effort. And then here's the, the feedback loop is by putting forth the effort over and over and over and over towards your goal. You strengthen the faith because mm. you now believe you deserve it. Mm-hmm. You now look in the mirror or you check the rear view mirror and you go, you know what? I've been putting forth extraordinary effort. I'm earning this. I mm-hmm. deserve this. Mm-hmm. And it strengthens your faith. Mm-hmm. So the, the faith strengthens your effort. The mm-hmm. effort strengthens your faith. It's this beautiful loop. And if you live that way, where you approach your life, your goals, your dreams with unwavering faith and you put forth extraordinary effort mm-hmm. and you keep the feedback loop going, that's how you create a world-class life. That's how you create an extraordinary life. Mm, so good. Oh, I love it so much. It reminds me a lot of actually um, Jim Collins and Good to Great. Have, are you, have you ever read that book, Jim Collins' Good to Great? One that I bought and I like read oh, the, the first chapter that's another think, one. many years ago. It's so good. I read it. I okay. think I read that one every year too. Okay. I, I'm going to go find it. It's you, probably yeah, on definitely there, yeah. read it. But he talks about, and this is about businesses and what takes the business from good to great. So completely different on a different wavelength, but talking about how these companies um, have unwavering faith that they are going to get to the like get to the other side, but also a willingness to dive into the hard things and to always face the facts. Like the unwa- unwavering faith plus the the ability to look at the facts. Damn it, Jim Collins already had the miracle <laughs> equation in his book. It's not- That's what you find when you write a book. Like when I was writing Miracle Morning, I'm like, you know, and then I'm researching for it and I'm writing something. I'm like, damn it, someone already said that. You know, it's like it, it, they say there's no new ideas, right? Everything's well, been said in one way or another. I feel like that too. I mean, there's so there's so many similarities to the stuff that that you that you've written and the stuff that I'm working on a new book too, Do It Scared, which uh, obviously is the same name as the podcast, but nice. um but also there's it's it everything has its own spin on it, you know, like and there's it connects with you in a different way. I you somebody like I read Jim Collins and I see the connection, but I would bet most people would read that and it's because it's a totally different topic and not see the sure. connection at all. Sure. And uh, I think that there's there's nothing new under the sun, and yet every every time we hear it, it can reinforce that it can reinforce that one thing because at, at there's at some point where we finally hear it. You know what I mean? We hear it, totally. we hear it, we hear it, we hear it, but we're not really listening. And then yeah. there's that moment where all of a sudden it just clicks, and that's it. And for you, it was it was the, hearing the the Cutco. Yeah. And oh, the gym, yeah. well, and then the Jim Rohn quote for you was that, yeah. I mean, I've heard that quote too, but it didn't have exactly. the same impact. Cl- I had heard it before too. I think I just, it didn't click until right. that day and that, you know, and you had to be in that, that right. You have to be in that right state of mind. Mm-hmm. You open to it for either you're desperate, you're inspired you're whatever. Right. But yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So true. So true. So I don't, how much time do we have left? Are we out of time? Oh my goodness. Can I ask? I can go five more minutes. Let's okay. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask the really good question. What? is the best piece of advice that you have ever received and why do the right thing not the easy thing mm, that was not five uh, minutes but that's yeah. a good one my uh <laughs> my br- uh, brad uh britain my uh he was our he was my manager's man so jesse my manager he was his manager so he was the division manager for our mm-hmm. entire division in cutco um and uh, and i just saw him the other day too it's so cool like you know i've known him for 20 years mm-hmm. uh it's so weird to right i don't know how old you are but like you get to point like i was talking to a friend the other day i'm like 
Isn't it weird that we met 20 years ago? I'm like, that's so weird. I'm old enough to like have a... friends that I met 20 years ago. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, so weird. But um, but anyway, but uh, yeah, so my, but Brad Britton taught me that. He, I think he said it in a speech at a Cutco conference. And to this point, or to this day, it's like one of my guiding principles, mm-hmm. right? Is that every moment, you know, we're fate or every day we're faced with multiple choices, you know, from the food that we choose to the thing that we're either going to do or procrastinate on to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to watch TV or read the book, right? And I always say the right thing is simply whatever moves us toward our, like our, our the best, our, either our best life mm-hmm. or, you know, our predetermined goals or the best version of ourselves and so anything... Good easy is you and sometimes the right thing the easy thing are the same but usually not right usually, usually not. the easy thing it's way easier <laughs> yeah. to not do the right thing you know whatever the right thing is yeah and so yeah when the alarm clock goes off in the morning you know that's like the miracle morning that mm-hmm. was when i first was like i'm not an early riser when the alarm clock went off and i'm like i wanted the snooze button that 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 voice in my head do the right thing not the easy thing you committed to wake up this morning and and i also know that if you do the right thing for enough days in a row it does become the easy thing that's mm-hmm. the interesting part right like for me to not do the miracle morning now, it, it, it I, hard. it's hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm like, I can't not get up. What a waste of the next hour. Mm-hmm. I could be becoming, you know, the best version of myself in the next hour, not laying here unconscious for one more hour, getting an un- unnecessary hour of sleep. So you true. Know, if I've slept my required hours up until that point. So. <laughs> okay. So last question. Is there any, any final words that you or any thoughts that you want us to know? And then also where can we find you? Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, here's what I would say. Wherever you are in your life right now, and this is for you listening, and, and you too, Ruth, you can apply this. Okay. Um, but wherever you are in your life right now, consider that it's exactly where you are supposed to be. Mm. And if you're not where you want to be or you're enduring a difficult time, you might be angry at me right now for saying that. You might be right flipping off the whatever you're listening to this on. <laughs> um, but, but here's what I found is that when when we finally get to the place in our lives or in our businesses um, that we've been working so hard for, for so long and often struggling to try to get there, we almost never wish it would have happened any sooner. Mm. Instead, we look back with hindsight and we see that the journey was necessary, that it was perfect, Mm. that the trials, the tragedy, that it was all part of who we needed to become. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, or you, you know, it feels like you're nowhere near where you want to be. Just know that if you continue maintaining unwavering faith that you'll get there and putting forth extraordinary effort toward the life of your dreams, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you really want, your success is inevitable and be at peace with the journey because when you finally get there, you're going to realize, oh, it was perfect. Mm. It was perfect. And um, yeah, the last year of my life, I was, you know, fighting a very difficult cancer and this was my mindset every day. Mm -hmm. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be to learn what I need to learn to become a better version of myself, to create everything that I want for my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's an affirmation that I have that I read every day. It's a mindset that I have. Just always seeing the perfection in every moment of Mm -hmm. every single day. And when you see that, it allows you to to find the lessons and to find the strength to push through difficult times to end up at the great times. Oh, that's so good. So great. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That was the best parting words ever. So where can we find you? you? Oh yes, you can find me. So I encourage anybody, the Miracle Morning book is is a great place to start. And if you don't want, if you're not ready to buy the book yet, if you're not yet convinced, you know, if you you, you can get the book on Amazon, like you said. 
Yeah, by the book. <laughs> um, but but you can actually, so anybody can get the first um, few chapters for free if you go to miraclemorning.com. Mm. So that's like, that's a good way to start. Go read the first few chapters you know, get an idea, see what fits. And then you could always buy the book on Amazon or just go straight to Amazon either way. Yes, um, buy the book. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, by the book. <laughs> MiracleMorning.com is uh, is the best place to find, uh, you know, you can find me there. HalElrod.com is, is my own website for like speaking and coaching and such. But uh, and then last but not least, I'll say, join the Miracle Morning community. Mm. Uh, maybe Ruth, you, you remember, maybe you can speak for the, speak to this, but it is the most engaged online community in the world. Um, there are 157,000 members in there right now wow. from over 100 countries. And it's what's most impressive is not the quantity of members. It is the quality of member mm. and the engagement of those members. They love each other. They support each other. They hold each other accountable. Um, and it, it's, it's, yeah, just go see for yourself. It's incredible. That's amazing. I am not a member. I'm not, is that on Facebook, your community? Yeah. Face, it's, so go to Facebook yeah. and type in the Miracle Morning Community okay. and, uh, and you'll find it. And we will definitely include all of these links that he just talked about in our show notes as well. So you can check those out. Awesome. Well, how I appreciate you. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you and congratulations on everything. And congratulations on making it through what sounds like has been a really tough year. And uh, I hope to see you again here soon. Thank you, Ruth. I appreciate you. Take care. Everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Okay. So don't forget that if you would like to grab our Do It Scared manifesto or get the show notes for this episode, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 24 or by texting Do It Scared to 44222 right now. Once again, you can get the show notes at doitscared.com slash episode 24 or get our manifesto by texting doitscared to 44222 on your phone right now. And then before I go, I just want to say once again that I always love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any topics that you would like to see addressed here on the Do It Scared podcast or just any stories that you want to share, please feel free to reach out via email by filling out our form at doitscared.com. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, once again, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and then share a screenshot of your review at doitscared.com for a chance to win Do It Scared t-shirts and mugs. Also, be sure to subscribe via iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as we talk about personal responsibility and what it means to take complete and total ownership of your life and why that is such a game changer. This is one that you might have to listen to more than once and one that you'll definitely want a few other people, especially your kids, to hear as well. I'll catch you then.